We've all had that manager that maybe rubbed us the wrong way. Maybe they were always looking over our shoulder or or they changed their mind a lot. But is it a clash of personalities? Is it a clash of cultures, philosophies, working styles? Is it really them? Is it actually us? Whatever it is, bad managers keep us from doing our best work. Can we make it stop or do we have to quit? Stick around and we'll break it down. What's up, UX fam? How's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked to have you. If you haven't done it already, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are regular here and you feel like you're getting something out of the show, then I would really appreciate you leaving a five-star review. That'll help me out way more than you can imagine. And as always, thanks so much to Chris, Siraquan, Stacy, Radu, and Megan for all their support. And if you want to join Chris, Siraquan, Stacy, Radu, and Megan and help keep the show independent and ad-free, you can become a patron for as little as $3 a month. And if you do that, you'll get some sweet perks for your support. And of course, if you think the show is worth sharing, then I would love it if you told some friends. And for more information on how you can support the show and help more people find out about what we're doing here, make sure to check out beyonduxdesign.com support. A few weeks back, we talked about managing up. And managing up and followership is an important thing to practice with every manager, regardless of whether they're bad or good. But good followership practices, they only really work when it's reciprocated. All those things that we talked about in Managing Up episode, they work best when we have a good manager. But what do we do when we have a bad manager? I think I've been really lucky. I haven't had a lot of bad managers, at least since getting a a quote-unquote real job. I worked in the service industry for a while, and boy, are there some weirdos (laughs) running restaurants and bars. But luckily, I haven't had a ton of problems with managers since leaving the restaurant world behind. And that said, even professional white-collar office environments, they have their fair share of bad managers. And I've talked to lots of people who have shared some horror stories about bad managers and weird things that they've had to put up with. And while I don't think it's super common to have an excruciatingly bad manager, there are a lot of managers out there that do some really bad things. So I wanted to share some thoughts on how to deal with a bad manager in case this is something that you end up running into at some point. I think the thing is, though, that we all have different ideas of what bad is. And what is bad to me might seem totally normal to you and vice versa. We might have different standards for our managers based on the culture where we grew up or the culture of the company or the team. Whatever it is, bad managers keep us from doing our best work. Now, the first thing to think about when we talk about bad managers is really to try to level set on what we mean when we say, quote unquote, I have a bad manager. Is it a clash of personalities? Is it a clash of cultures, a clash of working philosophies or working styles? Is it really them? Are they just having a bad day? Or are we actually the ones being difficult? So let's dig into this and see what we can figure out. Now, a lot of times when people talk about bad managers, they aren't really talking about toxic environments or sexist misogynists. They're not talking about those nightmare scenarios. And sure, those environments, they exist. But I think about Occam's razor a lot in these situations, right? What is the simplest explanation? And a lot of times when we talk about bad managers, it comes down to conflicting personalities or conflicting working styles. More often than not, a supervisor and an employee, they don't get along because of certain expectations on either side. One person isn't living up to the other person's expectations when it comes to work 
or our performance at work. And sometimes it's neither person living up to the other's expectations. And eventually, this leads to conflict, and we project onto them and we assume the worst. We end up resenting the other person. And in my experience, when I've had a difficult time with the supervisor, it wasn't because they were bullies or mean or they yelled at me. More often than not, it boiled down to us simply having different personalities that tended to clash. So what can we do about this? I think the best approach here is to understand your personality and your working style first. In order to have a conversation about this with anybody, especially your manager, you have to understand how you prefer to communicate and how you prefer to have people communicate back with you. You have to understand these things before you can expect anybody else to understand them. So understand how you like to work. What makes you an effective employee? How does your team get the best work out of you, right? Things like that. And once you understand those things, you'll be able to speak to your supervisor in something like a one-on-one and make sure that they understand how to most effectively work with you. And by the way, this is a great idea to better enable you to work with difficult stakeholders, other employees, whoever else you might interact with on a daily basis. So in your next one-on-one with your supervisor, if this is an issue for you, bring it up. Explain to them how you feel some tension, or you could frame it around how you don't feel like you're doing your best work and this is why, right? However you want to do it. Ask them if they know what their personality type is, right? If they've done a Myers-Briggs or a DISC assessment, and you can do some homework, see how those personality types prefer to communicate, or honestly, better yet, just ask them. They might be able to tell you exactly how they prefer to work or communicate and see if something isn't mashing up. So if you're able to have these conversations with your supervisor, I'm willing to bet that this will take care of a good portion of the problems that you might be having day to day. This is, of course, assuming that your supervisor isn't a total asshole or isn't truly a toxic personality or has some anger issues or something like that. But like I said, I think most managers are going to be relatively decent humans. And the next thing I want to talk about is cultural norms, right? This might be something that we run into more and more as companies hire more remote teams, people in different geographies. For instance, you may have a company based out of the South that recently hired somebody from New York City. And I think we all know the stereotypes, the polite Southerner who might go out of their way to be nice versus the the no BS straight talker from the city. Now, obviously, there is the potential here for some culture clashes, and this doesn't necessarily mean that either person's personality is bad. It's just different than what somebody else might be used to. And I can't stress this enough, but the one-on-ones are such an important tool to use to help break down these cultural barriers. We often tend to treat one-on-ones like status updates, but if we treat them more as a regular catch-up or a way to just get to know our supervisor on a more personal level, you'll be able to have more honest conversations, right? Maybe even talk about more personal stuff if you're into that. You get to know them better. You get to understand their motivations and their perspective or their philosophy on work or whatever it is. And if we do that, we tend to break down some of these cultural differences and we empathize with them instead of pegging them as an other and we automatically assume the worst intentions. Now, this likely won't happen at smaller companies, but where I work, for instance, we have teams all over the world. And often we have people in India reporting to people in the U.S. or people in Asia reporting to somebody in the U.K. or we might have people in the U.S. reporting to people in India. Now, obviously, there is the potential here for huge culture clashes beyond that Yankee versus Southerner example that I talked about. So my advice in these situations is to get to understand those cultures as best you can. And of course, understand your supervisor and how they work, right? Don't fall into the cultural stereotypes. And just like before, the one-on-ones, they are a critical way to level set with your supervisor, regardless of where they are or where they grew up. 
Now, before we start talking about truly bad managers, let's remember something very important. Our managers are humans too. It might not seem like it all the time, but they have a life outside of work. They might have families, they have bills, they have things they have to worry about that we don't know about at work, and they also have things outside of work, obviously. They might have a million things going on. So before we jump to any kind of conclusions and assume the worst, I think it's really helpful to approach this from a place of empathy and critical thought. So before we assume that our manager is doing anything malicious, let's think about what could be going on outside of work or even inside of work that we don't know about and understand where they're coming from. Try to assume positive intent. I know that that's not always easy. And of course, there are things that are blatantly sexist, racist, misogynist, all the ists, and we'll talk about those things. But if your manager is on edge for some reason or they're starting to micromanage or they're demanding unrealistic things, Having those one-on-ones and getting to the root cause can help improve your professional relationship, and it will ultimately make your job a lot easier. And one thing to keep in mind here is that for the most part, bad managers are not terrible people. Maybe I just like to see the good in people. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I truly don't think that every bad manager is a bad manager because they want to be a bad manager. We all want to do our best work, I think, and, and that includes our managers and our supervisors. Sometimes we just have weird quirks or habits where we do something without realizing how it might affect the rest of the team in a negative way. So all of the problems that we laid out today and any other problem that you might face should really start with a frank conversation with your manager about the behavior and how it's negatively affecting you. Give them a chance to change before you take more drastic actions like reporting them to HR. Now, one more thing to think about before we start talking about dealing with an actual bad manager is to take a look in the mirror for a second. Are you constantly butting heads with your managers, the past and the present? Do you complain about every manager that you've ever had? Maybe you're always butting heads with your coworkers. I like to think about Occam's razor here again, where the simplest answer is probably right. If you're butting heads with every single manager, is it likely that every manager or coworker you've ever had is terrible? Is it probable that every coworker you've had was an incapable idiot? If you're constantly complaining about how bad everyone around you is, it's possible that you have had something to do with those relationships going south. Were you overly critical? Were your expectations too high? Did you communicate those expectations so that everybody understood what you expected of them? Do your coworkers agree that there are issues that need to be addressed, or are you the only one that ever sees these things? And I'm not at all trying to gaslight you and make you think that you're the problem. It's certainly possible that you have had to deal with multiple issues over and over. But what I want you to do is go back and think critically about these situations and ask if you're being fair to everybody else. And this is a great question to bring to a friend or a colleague. It's exactly what a great mentor would be able to help with. Get a second opinion from a trusted and objective third party. Objective third party, not just somebody who wants to tell you what you want to hear. You may find that you play a huge role and that your perception of the situation isn't always the way that things actually went down. All right, so now that we've done our kind of help desk checklist and we've eliminated the simplest solutions, we can establish that we really do have a bad manager. So this topic today is tricky because there really is the potential for any number of scenarios, right? There are so many ways that a manager can be bad. It's nearly impossible to go through every every single scenario in one episode, right? You could have managers that can't make up their minds or they give conflicting information, managers that aren't really around and have no idea what you're working on. Managers that don't know as much as you do. Managers with a big ego. Managers that take all the credit for themselves. Managers that make you think the world will end or you'll be fired if you don't do whatever it is they want. 
Managers that want to do everything themselves because they don't think anyone can do it as well as they can. Managers that want to be your best friend. That's really not always good. Managers that never take accountability for what happens on the team. And the worst, the managers that are just mean, ignorant, awful people. So for today, though, I'm going to pick five different scenarios and we'll talk through each one. We're going to talk about micromanagers. We're going to talk about absentee managers. The managers that don't give us the support that we need. Managers that are inconsistent are always changing their mind. And then lastly, we want to talk about those toxic bullies or the harassers, because I think that's really important. Remember, there are a lot of different types of bad managers. This is not an exhaustive list, but hopefully how you deal with some of the ones that we'll go through will help give you some ideas on how to deal with all the others, right? There's definitely a lot of overlap here. All right, so first, let's talk about micromanagers. This may be one of the most common types of bad managers. And the problem is that a lot of people are promoted to manager because they were exceptionally good at a certain thing. So when you have a really stellar UX designer, for instance, who's amazing at their craft, they might get promoted. And then guess what? Their job is no longer to be a design badass. They're not getting paid to do that anymore. The trouble is that they have no experience being a manager. All their experience is being a badass designer. And since they were a design badass, what happens? Well, they think that they can do it better than everybody else. And then they end up micromanaging. So the good news here is that this isn't always a manager being malicious, right? A lot of times managers don't even realize that they're doing this. And that's good news because if you have a frank discussion with your manager, then they may end up realizing that they're actually making it harder for their team to do great work. And if they're not a total asshole, they may end up actually stopping the behavior altogether. So my first bit of advice for dealing with the micromanager is to just take a look in the mirror for a second and make sure that you are getting all your work done on time and you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. Make sure you're not giving your manager a reason to look over your shoulder. And for the sake of today's episode, I'm going to assume that you're a badass and your manager is being a micromanaging dummy. So after you've established that it's not you, make sure to bring this up in a professional way, of course. Explain how this behavior is actually keeping you from doing great work. See if you can understand if they're under any stress that might be causing them to worry unnecessarily. It's possible that they have unrealistic deadlines from their bosses and they also feel overwhelmed. It's possible you think you're doing a great job, but they see something that you don't, something that might, might need improving, right? Ask for feedback. See if they want you to deliver status updates in a different way, maybe, or maybe present your work on a different schedule. Understand what they want. It's possible that you aren't doing a bad job, but there are just expectations on either side that aren't being met. Maybe they have unrealistic expectations, right? It's possible you have unrealistic expectations. Now, lastly, it's possible that you don't have the bigger picture. Maybe your manager knows more than they're telling the team. Maybe they're trying too hard to organize the individual team members towards some larger goal. Now, the problem is that they didn't tell anybody what they're trying to do. So perhaps it makes sense to get the team together so that everybody has clarity on the overall outcomes or the expectations from the higher levels. Now, a lot of dealing with a micromanager can be addressed by managing up well. So take a listen back to episode 23, where we discussed managing up. There's a lot of techniques in there that will help you to deal with a micromanaging boss. The next kind of bad manager is kind of the opposite of the micromanager. The manager who is just nowhere to be found. Now, I know that this might sound like a dream come true, having a boss that doesn't bother you, but if you're running into issues and you aren't sure what you're supposed to be doing and no one on the team is aligned, this can be a total nightmare. Now, there are a few ways to deal with an absentee manager. The first is to figure out what the hell's going on. 
You can't do that without some conversation. They might not be around all the time, but they should be available via direct message or email at the very least, so try to get a hold of them if you can. Now, just like before and with all these other scenarios, it's important to let them know that their behavior is keeping you from doing your best work. Try to level set expectations. Let them know what you want from them, what you need from them to do your best work. Give them a chance to change. Now, once you do that, and if that doesn't work, ask questions. Ask all the questions. See how much clarity you can get. And instead of focusing on what they want you to do, figure out what outcome they're looking for. And if you know the outcome from there, it's on you to take ownership of this project. Now, we talk a lot about leadership behaviors and how leadership behaviors aren't just for managers and leaders with an official mandate. This applies here. Take ownership. Make it clear that you're taking ownership. Do what you have to do. Do what you think is right. But establish some regular check-ins to realign. It could be via email, could be over Slack or DM. It could be a video chat, one-on-one style. Whatever it is, just keep them updated of what you're doing and when to expect the next update. Now, try to keep a paper trail. So any of those emails, keep. If they're really that distant, it's possible somebody new could take over at any time. So keep away for the next supervisor to pick up quickly and get up to speed easily. And lastly, try to get help from your colleagues. Don't try to do this all by yourself if it's too much. See if you can get help from your manager's peers, maybe. Now, I wouldn't try to throw your manager under the bus, but just see if they can help support in some way. They might have some information that your boss hasn't given you. Now, sometimes your manager is around, but they just don't really support you in any way. And maybe they know what you're doing, but they aren't any help. Or they don't back you up, or they just let you kind of flounder around. Now, again, have a frank discussion first. Let them know that you feel unsupported and give specific examples of what you think you need to be successful. And if that doesn't work, you may want to consider doing what you may have done with an absentee manager. So with an absentee manager, you may not have a clear direction. And with an unsupportive manager, you know what you need to do, but they just don't help. So it's possible absentee manager and unsupportive manager kind of combine sometimes. It all depends. Now, similar to an absentee manager, it's best to find people who can support you. Now, I've talked about internal networking before. This is when internal networking comes in extraordinarily helpful. Check out episode nine where we talked about networking after you land your job for some more tips on how to do this effectively. Now, a lot of times people rely on their managers to connect the dots and give direction. But when your manager isn't helping, it's all up to you. Now, again, keep a paper trail of what you're doing because it's possible that unsupportive manager will want status updates at the very last minute when their manager asks for an update. So take ownership, chart the best way forward for you. And if your manager isn't helping, it's ultimately on you to help yourself. The next type of manager might be the most frustrating and disruptive of the bunch, the inconsistent manager. Now, the problem with inconsistent managers is that they tend to waste a lot of time and effort, right? They'll tell you one thing and then the next week they'll say something or expect something completely different, right? Or they change their mind constantly. Now, whatever the reason, the churn it puts on a team is demoralizing at best, and at worst, it can lead to frustration and maybe even a team who just doesn't even put a lot of effort into their work, right? Why put any effort into your work if you know the manager is just going to give a different opinion next week? Now, again, starting with a conversation is important here. Try to find out what is going on. Why are they changing their mind? Is it somebody above them? Do they have any control over it? Either way, they have to know that this isn't helpful and it's also on them to effectively manage up to their boss. But if this happens consistently, you can try to take control of the situation as best as you're able to 
and see what kind of change you can influence from your own level. Now, here are a couple ideas. If it's something going on above them, right, perhaps the team can run war game type scenarios. Play through all the various scenarios and see if your team can work with your manager to try to predict the best possible scenario or the most likely scenario. If your manager is simply changing their mind, you might be able to work with your manager to get the entire team together. You could run through ideas, provide your manager with enough data that they might need to make an informed decision and hopefully not go back on it next week. So with a wishy-washy manager who's always changing their mind, it's important to find out why this keeps happening and see if you can support them in some way or help them stick to their guns. They might just need your help. All right, so let's talk about the bully. Now, this one is shitty, and there's no way around it. A manager who is a bully or who has harassed their employees can manifest itself in any number of ways. They could be overtly yelling at you in meetings. They could be passive-aggressive and not raise their voice a single time. They could talk about you behind your back. They could gossip. They could play employees off of each other, get you to fight. They could be racist, misogynist, sexist, ageist, or any number of things that could happen here. The first thing to do here is to document. Get some solid evidence. Now, like it or not, it will often be your word against theirs, and if they have been doing this type of behavior for a very long time, they have likely figured out how to keep getting away with it. So you need to figure out how to not let them continue to get away with it. Get the evidence you need to get, whatever that might look like for your situation. The next time this behavior happens, make sure to speak up and let them know that you will not stand for it. Be very clear about what behavior it is that you want them to stop and even let them know what will happen if it continues. Now, this might not stop them, but at least you're going to put them on notice. So try to find some allies. And if this behavior has been going on long enough, the chances are very good that other people have witnessed it also. So find other victims and see how you can support each other. Find other managers who have also witnessed it and see if they might be able to help you. Finally, you need to report the bastard. Now, not every company has an ombudsman, but if you're lucky, your company will have some kind of way to report bad behavior. Now, lots of companies will even let you do this anonymously. And if not, think about going to your HR team or your manager's manager or go up the chain of command as high as you have to go to get the results that you need to get. And if you found other victims, it's a good idea to do this together to push back against the he said, she said that will most likely come out of this. And when you report the behavior, those allies that you made before will help here too to corroborate your story. Now, just make sure that the behavior justifies this method. The last thing that you want to do is make something big out of something others might not have taken too seriously. You don't want to be a Karen. Now, whether or not you report is totally up to you. Before reporting your manager to HR, it might make sense to get some advice from some objective folks to see what they might think. And ultimately, every situation is going to be different, so do what you think is best. Don't let anybody talk you out of doing anything if you really do believe that this is the best course of action. Now, the last thing I want to say about this is if it gets really bad, if you think the company isn't helping you like they should, don't hesitate to go out and get a second opinion from a lawyer. If it gets really bad, your only other option may be to take the company to court. So something to note here about reporting your manager to HR is that HR is not your friend. They're not your ally, and they probably don't have your back. And often you'll find that HR takes your manager's word over yours, and it's on you to prove the business case for reprimanding or replacing your manager. So if you're going to go the route of reporting your manager, make sure to back up the claim with evidence. Try to get a group so that you're not going at it alone. 
try to show that this behavior has negatively affected the company's bottom line in some way. Otherwise, you're likely going to be fighting an uphill battle here, and you might not actually win. You may end up burning a bunch of bridges here, so if this is something that you want to do, I'd suggest using this as a last resort when everything else fails. And I think it should be obvious, but I want to stress this just in case. You need to act professionally in every one of these situations. Two wrongs don't make a right, as they say. So combating your manager's toxic behavior with toxic behavior of your own is not going to benefit you in the long run. And I know that it's difficult, trust me, but you'll be better off if you take the higher ground and approach the situation professionally. The UX industry is smaller than you think, and acting in an unprofessional manner might feel good in the moment, but there are lots of other people watching you who know other people that might be able to help you in the future. And if you end up leaving a company because of a bad manager, you really don't know where any of those current employees will end up later. The last thing that you want is to be in a situation years from now where you're applying for another role and somebody remembers how you acted out and doesn't want to hire you because of that situation years ago. And I'm not saying don't stand up for yourself. Just remember to think before you act or say anything and make sure that you're approaching the situation professionally. Now, lastly, I just want to say sometimes it might make sense to quit. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense to try to manage a bad manager. Sometimes it makes more sense to just quit and be done. My only advice here, and this depends on the situation, by the way, is to not take too drastic of an action and quit before you find your next job. Let this role finance your job hunt. Unless you can afford it, try to make it work as long as you can until you find an alternative. Unless your work environment is completely toxic and unbearable, it makes sense to stick around until you're ready to jump ship. All right, so to wrap this up, remember that there are all kinds of bad managers out there. A bad manager doesn't have to be evil incarnate or a bully or spend their time degrading their employees. Bad managers can do all kinds of things that make them bad managers. Some might not be completely obvious at first, but generally a bad manager is somebody who keeps you from doing your best work. Now remember that a bad manager isn't necessarily a bad person. They may not know that what they're doing is actually hurting the team. So before you do anything else, it's a good idea to have a frank discussion with your manager and let them know that what they're doing is negatively affecting the team in some way. It's possible that they didn't even realize what they were doing would be so detrimental to the team's productivity. And any conversation that you have or any actions that you decide to take, make sure that you're acting professionally. Remember that HR is not there to be your buddy or your ally. They're there to make sure the company is protected. They likely will not take your word for it without some proof or some evidence. So try to get some other folks who have seen the behavior and can vouch for you or can back you up. If you can get them to submit complaints, even better. Generally speaking, though, filing complaints with HR should really be your nuclear option. It's not ideal, and I wouldn't recommend starting there for sure. Now, this should really be only used when you've exhausted all your other avenues for getting this issue fixed. And lastly, it's really okay to quit. Remember that it's probably in your best interest to quit after you find another role, though. So, so do what you can to stick it out unless you have the financial support to quit without another option. And if you need to quit, let your crappy manager financially support you while you job hunt. Well, all right, y'all. I think that's it for me for today. I hope to help shed some insight on how to deal with bad managers. Bad managers can come in many different packages. And I'm curious if you run into some of these really bad managers. If so, I'd love to know how you dealt with it. What did you do? What worked out? Let me know what you think on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at hello at beyondux.com. I'd love to hear from you. 
If you like what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would love it if you left a five-star review. That would help me out way more than you know. And if you know somebody who might find any of this stuff useful, why don't you tell them about it? That would be fantastic. If you want to help keep the show independent and ad-free, check out all those Patreon sponsor packages at beyonduxdesign.com slash support. You can join Chris, Siroquan, Stacy, Radu, and Megan by supporting the show for as little as $3 a month. And there are some awesome perks like a badass holographic Beyond UX Design sticker. You can get a shout out on the show every week. There's even a package to meet with me for 30 minutes every month. But don't sit on the sidelines for that one because they're, they're running out. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and check out all the past episodes at beyonduxdesign.com. I hope you keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. And until next time, remember, you're more than a designer because there's more to UX and design. I'll see you around. Take care, y'all. 